1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to a Friday episode of Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, official podcast of HockeyFights.com. Our next guest has never been in a hockey fight, as far as I, as I know, which is rare for guests on the show. Usually, we like to have guys on who are somewhat tough, and this is two for two with guys from the Detroit Red Rings now, because uh, the other guests we had on also had never been in a hockey fight, more at Sider, which is disappointing for the way he plays, but this guy, I kind of get it. He is a goal scorer, which we'll touch on in a little bit, but he is also a goal. So Alex, Alex N, welcome to the show. Thank you, Alex. (laughs) No
0: problem. Thank you guys for having me. You can call me Ned too. That's easier. Ned. What about you got
1: Nick Letty on the team? What do you call Ned? You guys go Ned and Lead or Letty? We call him
0: Leds, Leadpipe. I don't know. Leadpipe seems to be the one that sticks around.
1: I played with him in Chicago and I used to think Marion Gabrick had big thighs until I met Nick Letty. And it's unbelievable how big his legs are, but yeah, it's just, anyways, Nick Letty has been brought up in the podcast. So we're good there. So Alex, Alex, You just beat the Boston Bruins two to one. Tim is a big Bruins fan. Like he's from South Boston. He's friends with Rob Gronkowski. He is a Bruins insider. He like, he's honestly plugged into the Bruins. How good was it to beat the Bruins? So, you know, it was a big game in the standings. They kind of whacked your PP a little bit the game before. How did that feel to come back and really have a good game versus them?
0: Yeah, that was great. I think you said it was, uh, you know, they kind of shellacked us a bit there, threw us around a bit last time we were there. And it was only like maybe two and a half weeks prior to, to went, uh, Tuesday. So like coming back on the road, you know, I, like I for, I forget the numbers exactly, but I don't think that the, the team has a good record in the recent history against the Bruins. So obviously to get a win like that, to grind it out, I know they had like, 40 some shots or whatever, but we really didn't give them much of anything. Like it was a pretty dominant, I'm not going to say dominant, but it it was a, it was a solid defensive effort by us. Like, like I said, they had, like, I could count maybe like almost on one hand, like the quality, like quality scoring chances that they had. So it was awesome to, to kind of get a win like that. And then to follow it up, you know, last night and uh, in a shootout victory at home, you know, it's, it's great. And I want to correct I want to correct you too. I have gotten in a fight. Um my my rookie year in Florida, yeah. Uh it was uh we had a line brawl in the playoffs. Um it was game it was game three in the first round, and we were down two we were down two nothing in the series, we we're down three nothing in that in game three. And uh, you know, I, somebody something happened. There was like a whistle, and their goalie was like kind of like running his mouth the whole time. I forget his name, but like he'd been running his mouth, like all series and we had played them three times prior. What does it mean
1: when a goalie runs his mouth? Because he like, how do you know he's running his mouth?
0: Oh, I I assume he's running his mouth because after every stoppage of play, he's like getting in somebody's face or he's like shoving somebody like you get, you know, you get up and and you shove somebody and you, you steal, you like kind of put your, your helmet in their face. So like, yeah. That's what I, I would assume he's probably saying something. Otherwise, it, it'd probably be pretty awkward if you just shoved your face in the guy's face and didn't say nothing. But like, so he, like, he, uh, he went up to uh, like probably the toughest guy on our team too and t- decided to just like, I don't know, do something like just push him or, or whatever, like nudge him. And, and this guy saw red and just kind of started like grabbing him, and going after it. And then, Somebody, somebody slew footed or like slide tackled or like tackled somebody else in the neutral zone. So all, all like stuff went to hell. And I just remember like, I was like, screw it. We're down three. not we're down three, nothing in the series at this point, the way the game was going. So I'm like, I'm going, I'm like, I'm just went dropped my stuff. And there's a video of it or like a GIF or something somewhere where I, like you just, I come flying into the picture on top of a pile and I like Superman dove on top of the pile. That was you. So that was me, yeah.
1: No yeah. kidding. So, did you ever get your hands on the goalie? I
0: never did. No, he's at the bottom of a pile. And by the time I was like, I finally like, kind of like, got my wits
1: about me. I think I got pulled off by the ref. So, so in the box score, does it say you got five for fighting? I don't know. So we'll we'll, we'll leave know. it at maybe. I don't know. Potentially, <laughs> maybe you got potentially. To a fight. Maybe that's pretty funny. What's <laughs> going through your head? Because that's. When goalies fight, you have to skate two hundred feet. Like what are you thinking? Yeah. You're like, okay, glove blocker off, helmet off, Superman, like that's my only option.
0: Yeah, I re I honestly I don't really recall what I was thinking. <laughs> I cause I was just like the adrenaline got to me. Like I I was just I don't know, I wanted to do something. I wanted to hit somebody. Like it, it wasn't going well for me. My I was having a pretty pretty below average rookie season as a professional. Um and I obviously we were down three nothing and I wasn't playing too hot in the series itself. So I was like, I just needed to like, let some frustration out and the Superman dive probably wasn't the smartest thing. Cause I ended up like knocking my front te- teeth on like somebody's helmet or something. I didn't knock them out, but like, yeah, I, can ch- I chomped, excuse me. I chomped down on my lip a little bit. And like I ended up like realizing I was bleeding after everything was d- said and done. And I'm like, how am I bleeding right now? Because I didn't punch anybody really. Nobody punched me. And then when I went back and re-looked at the clip, uh, I see myself, like, knock my head off somebody's ass or something.
1: Alex knocks himself out jumping onto the box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just on the ice. Oh, that's funny. Good for you, though, getting in the mix. I like that. Well, whatever you did, it must have worked because the next year you got called up to the Charlotte Checkers or made the team at a camp, I should say. Mm-hmm. And solely but surely you worked yourself into the lineup with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, tell us about the first couple experiences getting called up. I know your first experience you got thrown in after, did Wardo get shelled or something? You came in and then you got pulled.
0: Yeah, my, my, my rookie year, Wardo got pulled. I got called up uh, just, just to back up for a game. I think Mike Layton was the, was the backup at the time, but he hadn't played in forever. So they wanted to get him like a little conditioning stint. So they just flip-flopped us for a quick day and it was in Columbus too. So it's kind of cool to uh i had family and i actually had family in the game just in case you know and um so yeah wardo ended up getting pulled like right about halfway through and i went in and that was it was it was honestly really cool to uh to make my debut um you know in columbus and i actually got to see i saw my my folks they were like one of the first people i spotted in the stands um when i went in so it was actually kind of awesome to see them and see them after and talk which was great and I actually did pretty well, that was probably the best game I played all year because I went 17 for 17,
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah, you played great in that you didn't, didn't get up a goal. You're from Ohio. Uh, we didn't mention that, so playing in Columbus was a big deal. What yeah. was it like? you know because there's no NHL franchise in Ohio. There really is the Cleveland Barons. I, I don't know if you would look up to those guys. Ohio State is is a big hockey town, but it's mostly football. Why hockey? Growing up in Ohio, not really, you know, known for hockey much like Minnesota or Boston or Michigan. Why hockey growing up? Why not football? Why not baseball?
0: I I, I don't really know, honestly. And I played baseball growing up. I played soccer growing up as well. Um, but I, like, I don't really know. You, you know, I couldn't tell you other than I just love doing it. Like we, it started at just like going, taking um, some like ice skating lessons and like had open skates and free skates at the local arena. Um, and then I think, honestly, I think my parents might've just like put me into like hockey schools and, um, and maybe that's how I got started playing. And then I eventually like, and then I saw there was like a goalie clinic or a goalie camp going on at the arena. And I was like, that's what I like, I want to try that. And they were, they, my parents were really great about not only my, like letting me do like, Kind of chase my dreams or things that I wanted to do as a kid, but also my my younger brother and two younger sisters, like you know whatever we wanted to do they were they were on board with with us trying different things as you know as long as like we actually worked for it and worked towards it to try to get better um so yeah, like that's really it. I don't really know how it I think it was just like it started out just taking some skating lessons and then it progressed from there
2: one of the things we talk about on the show with our guests it's interesting to see like how different everyone's journey is to the nhl and throwing it back even before you were drafted you went uh, to the ohl up in canada instead of the ncaa route were you getting offers from schools like how did you end up going
0: to the ohl instead of college well i never really i had some interest in going to school but i never really like wanted to like i, I could have gone to school for like absolutely 100 i could have gone to school and and like done both school and hockey, but it didn't really interest me as much. And, and after like when I was 14, 15 and I, I moved up to, or I moved to Detroit actually uh, to like Metro Detroit. And I played my last year of youth hockey up here. And I kind of got, I lived in, in Plymouth uh, kind of where, where we currently are right now. And uh, so I was going to a lot of Plymouth Whaler games and got to see like what junior hockey was like. And that. And then our goalie coach, for my youth team at the time, Stan Matwiv, he, uh, was also the coach for the Plymouth the goalie coach for the Plymouth Whalers. Mm. So that really kind of like tied in there. And then I got drafted by Plymouth that following summer. So it was kind of like the writing was on the wall, you know, I was like working with the goalie coach skated with the team a handful of times, like didn't really, I w- really wasn't getting much contact from schools at that point, honestly. Cause I think at once I got drafted and, and and whatnot, it kind of was like, there's really only one option at this point. And it it did have a little bit more of an appeal as in terms of like a pro schedule, we played 68 games and, you know, we're traveling a little bit more, obviously we didn't travel as far as some college teams would, but um, you know, the schedule was a little bit more pro like it felt. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those years in Plymouth, you guys, your first year, you had a pretty good team. You had a pretty good run. Um, The next two years, you know, not so great, five hundred. Not terrible, not good. Did you expect? What was your expectations heading into the draft? I was undrafted. I like that wasn't even on the radar for me. What was it like going into your draft year? Did you have any feelers? Like, oh, maybe first round, maybe second, maybe n- nothing at all.
0: Um, you know, honestly, and I don't know if it sounds that this is like naive of me to say or whatever, but like I never really thought about it as much even like growing up as a kid like oh you you, obviously you grow up and you're like i'd love to play in the nhl and all that but like when i like when i I remember like as a kid and like 10 11 12 13 i'm like i'm just like playing hockey like i'm just trying to have fun and and win games and i'm just like you know if we win and i do well like that's great and i'm going to be able to keep playing keep and keep going on and even in my 16 year old year um in plymouth like it's kind of more of the same thing. Like I just wanted to play. I didn't start out with the team. I started out in the NA three in the North the tier three, North American league. Um, I was playing games the first half of the season there. And then around Christmas or just after Christmas, I kind of like made the jump and started playing games with the Whalers. And then obviously, like you said, we had a really good team, a lot of first rounders, a lot of draft picks. We made a little bit of, we went on a little run there, fell up a little short, but like, it was just having fun. I was like, this is awesome. We're playing in London, Ontario in front of 10,000 people. Like, this is what like junior hockey is. It's like, and it was, it was great. Um, and even into my draft year, really not until after like Christmas after like halfway through the year, it kind of hit me. I was like, all right, like we're, you know, like this is kind of getting a little serious, like a lot of draft talk, like getting drafted is coming up and, and I had been playing Started out a little slow, but I kind of picked it up at the end of the year. We weren't playing – we weren't a great team at that time. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just always like – even now, like I think about it and it's like it's it's cool. It's so cool. It's cool to go play in all these different arenas. And it and the lifestyle and the travel, we get to go to all these different cities is great. It's amazing. But like once you get on the ice, it's like – and it's, it's helped me so much to think of it this way. It's like I'm just – I'm still playing the same game I did when I was 12 years old. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's like, it's just a game and it's, it's helped me so much mentally just to think about it in a way that's like, there's no, there's no pressure because there is none. The only pressure that is put on yourself is what you do, like the pressure that you have on for yourself, you know, like anything outside shouldn't be any pressure because it's got no control over what you do. So,
1: wow. I'm going to write that down after the podcast. That was amazing. <laughs> you should do motivational speaks, Alex. Alex, no, that was really good. I'm, no,
0: no. I'm going to stick with just a little short 30, 40 second interviews per spats. And, and that's about it.
1: But you talk about no pressure. You talk about no expectations, but then you go out and you win like the Calder, Calder cup with the AHL, Charlotte checkers. You're on, you make the all-star team. You're on the first team, all-star you, You all of a sudden transition that you're on the way to fame. And I don't want to jump too far ahead of this because before that you're bouncing around East coast, AHL, East coast, AHL. That's tough. Like I, I played in the AHL for a while. I I never got sent down to the East coast. You obviously have a good mental mindset. How tough is it? Like, honestly, we, we saw it, you know, a, a few years ago with the goalie who played for Carolina, he was on the show. What was his name, Tim? Um, he, he was in the East coast, tough guy, taller. I can't remember his name, but, um, he played raw. No, he played for Chicago, big tall goalie. Come on. Oh yeah. I know you're Justin Peters. No, what's his name. He was on the show. Anyways. Oh, 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 Scott, uh, Darls. Yeah. Darls. Darls, So it's not uncommon. Was it tough mentally? Like I know goaltending is the most toughest position in hockey. You're all you're on, you know, on an Island by yourself. You, you, you you take care of the game either win the game or lose the game it's all on you is it tough when you're in the east coast ahl ahl east coast like what what's going through your head do you think like i don't know it's just it's tough tell us about yeah
0: no yeah it's a grind for sure and even even like when there is some sort of stability like like this year so far or the like my second and third year when i was like full-time in charlotte um it, it, it's a grind. Like you you're playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. And um, like my first year, for example, like it was more of a, it, it physically was taxing flying back and forth, going different places, getting called up and whatnot. But um, like mentally, like one week uh, you know, I'm in Charlotte. Then the next week I'm down in Florida with a completely new team and a new league. And, and, like at that time, it was just, everything was so different. And then coming back to, sh- going back to Charlotte, going up to Carolina for a week, coming back down, like, it was such a hectic lifestyle and mentally, like, I wasn't, I wasn't playing good on the ice either. So like, I wasn't enjoying the game really. Like it it was tough. Like, and that's the worst part was like, I wasn't having fun doing it. And getting frustrated practices sucked like I was no good and every day it was just like like going to the rink was was like a chore it was like going to work I wasn't like you know I had to go to work today instead of like I get to go to the rink and I get to play a game for an hour and a half and practice and then whatever you know go play a game in front of 20,000 people tonight like it was just a completely different mindset and I didn't have like the mindset that I just said mentioned earlier, like I didn't have that mindset my first year or even really my second year. Like I played better my second year for sure. But I just, I was starting to get into that mind frame and that mindset of like, just have fun and just like play it as like play a game. Cause that's all we're doing. Um, and like, that's one, like that's helped me obviously. And everybody has to look at it their own way and do what they want to do. But I mean, you know, for me, it's like, I, I always say, it's like the less that I think about actually playing the game, like the better I am. Cause I'm just like, at that point I'm just playing in it and I've done it for so long and guys have done it for so long. It's just reactionary and it's instinct.
1: All right, Tim, we didn't do too well with the last points bet result. Now it's time to redeem yourself. What do you got for us now? Give us something.
2: My, My streak is over, although it doesn't officially count because Colorado, they got blasted by t- Toronto last night. I actually watched the game. But Kemper was hurt last minute. They dressed a the backup. He lets an eight goal. They couldn't pull him because they had an emergency backup behind him. Big Still asterisk lost. on that. Still lost. Still lost. Big asterisk. Okay. Um, I'm going to bet for tonight's game, San Jose Sharks are playing in New York. I'm going to bet the over on five and a half goals scored total. And I like got I imagine New York will score, you know, three or four and see two, two or three coming from the other side. And yeah, over there.
1: Do you, I think we tentatively just ease into the betting again after the big defeat on Wednesday. So maybe don't bet the 401k, maybe just, yeah. just a little bit, you know, let's build some confidence back up. Yeah. Just like my savings account or something. Let's build it back up. So points bet hammer the over sharks, Rangers love it. Thanks everybody.
2: I want to ask about, you mentioned Cam Ward um, making your NHL debut, backing him up. And at this point in his career, he's already won a cup. He's won a Smythe, He's been an all-star. I'm sure he was someone you looked, looked up to. Did you get to spend much time with him? Did he take you under his wing at all? Did he kind of show you the ropes? Or is it, you know, strictly business?
0: Oh, I, I didn't get to spend as much time as I wanted to with him, honestly. I, I never, like my first year, I got called up once or twice for like, you know, maybe a total of like seven days. Um, didn't, and you know, there really wasn't much going on. I wasn't at the rink at that time. I was just trying to like, not mess up. You know, I was just trying to like do everything right. Um, stay in my lane, so to speak. Um, the the next year, I actually didn't get called up. my second year. him. I think it was him and Darls. Yeah. They were the healthiest two guys in yeah. the league. Like they didn't get they didn't get hurt once. It was it was nuts. I was like, dang, like obviously you don't want anybody to get hurt. But I was like, I was look, like, you know, I, I started playing better, and I was like, well, maybe I get an opportunity. You know, like I could get a game here or there. But um, and then my third year, I'm trying to think how it was my th- oh my third yeah after that my third year he he moved on to Chicago, so I really only got to spend you know, a few weeks at camp, getting to know him a little bit. And then, um, not much during the season, which is usually when you start bonding and get really getting to know guys like on the road and at dinners and stuff like that. Um, so I didn't get to know him as much as I wanted to. I definitely like he's that, that year that they won the Stanley cup, the Carolina won the Stanley cup and he won the Smythe and all that. Like that's the first Stanley cup that I remember watching as a kid. And I always loved it. I always enjoyed watching Carolina from that point on I like like funny enough how all worked out so um you know I wish I could have gotten to have a little bit better relationship with him but I still have a decent one I'd say
1: so you bring in Javavian Clowney, this is the Cleveland Browns season right this, this is the the the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Roethlisberger is not the same Roethlisberger. Uh, Baltimore Ravens don't really have a running game. This is the Browns season. What's going on with the Browns? I love it because I don't like Baker Mayfield very much. You kind of look like him, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> no, boy. Why Why are the Browns so bad? And mind you, they're six and six. They squeak by the ra- Ravens. Or no, the Ravens just beat them. The Ravens they beat beat threw four yeah. picks. And somehow Cleveland doesn't capitalize. They squeak by the Lions, who are yeah. a barely a good college team. What's going on? Why are why are the Cleveland Browns so bad, Alex? Can you give us an insight as to that? The answer to that question. I, I, I'm just a fan. Like I, I'm, a, I'm like a big almost. I'm
0: almost a super fan. Honestly, like okay. I watch every game. You know, whatever we are, whatever we got going on, I'm watching. I'm watching the game. So. I'm just a fan. And it's like, and it's really kind of bad because like, you, you, because I get, I'm so into it and I want He's to crying oh, right
1: now. Oh. He's crying everybody. You can't see it. He's tearing up. Oh it's God. uncomfortable. It's just, I I
0: don't know. I, it, 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 it's been a weird year. It's been a weird year for sure. There's been a lot of stuff away from the field that I think it's just like, we got to get back to playing football. Like I said, just play hockey. Like don't worry about anything outside. Just play football. You know. So we're we not gonna see to
1: we're not gonna see you in any state farm commercials anytime soon. Like Baker? No, probably not. No. All right, we don't Progra- need to. Get it's progressive, too. Progressive. He even knows his sponsors, Tim. That's impressive. I'm a yeah. big Buffalo Bills fan. Tim's a diehard New England Patriots fan. So we got a big game tonight. We're going to be going yeah. watching that at Buffalo Wildlings, maybe. But I just thought I'd bring that up because I. That game tonight? That's not tonight. That it's Thursday that's
0: night. Mon-
1: that's Monday. Monday. Yeah. yeah, right. I thought it was Thursday. Some Bills fan, you are. All right. We're not going out tonight, Tim. Never mind. We'll switch that till Monday. All right. Let's, let's, let's get back to hockey. I just saw that. And I'm a big fantasy football guy too. And I, Odell.
0: My, yeah, my team, I started out three and O in our, in our league this year. It's three and I was feeling good about myself. And then I lost seven straight games. No. Yeah. I lost seven in a row. It's been terrible. I've won the last two weeks though so i've crawled back into the playoff into a playoff spot somehow do you do a
1: team uh, a league with the two, the guys on the team yeah who's got the best team please tell me it's mo uh,
0: no i don't mo didn't do it um oh i think uh i think Rasmussen had he was he was at the top for a bit and then Stalzy, Stalzy was at the top it's kind of rotated between them two and then calvin pickards in it as well he's been at near the top so those three have kind of run the
1: league, but it's, a, I, gosh, I missed that. I, I don't miss playing hockey. I miss that. The golf, the masters, golf tournaments, the the pools, this and that. All right, let's get back to you. This is all about you, Alex. You scored two goals. Why, why did you do that? But I, I've never been
0: asked why. So, so I, I don't have really know how to answer that, but I mean, like, why not? Like, I mean, I I enjoy playing the puck so much. Like I watched Marty Brodeur, Marty Turco growing up, um, and, and they did it obviously better than almost anybody else. Obviously, Marty was one of the best. I think you know that's why they made the trapezoid. I'm pretty sure it was because of Marty. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, why, why not? not?
1: Were you why ever not? worried about getting ran afterwards? Because you're kind of embarrassing the other team. Ever cross your mind? Uh not like.
0: No, the only the only time I would I was like hesitant maybe is like if I went to the bench, uh, you know, and like high fived all the guys after, Um, yeah. but I mean, the second time I scored, I went and I actually, you know, I went to the bench. I was like, screw it, like down the line. I was excited. I got I got to celebrate this one. So
1: I'm more of an old school traditionalist where I would have definitely I would have ran, yeah, yeah. Embar We we. I had a men's league game this past Sunday, and we were up healthy six to two. And I had a, they they pulled their goalie. It was still four to two, five to two. And I dumped the puck in the corner. Classy move. Yeah. I had a wide open net. I dumped it in. I even turned to their bench, <laughs> and I said, "That's classy hockey." You know, patting myself on the back. Guy in my team hustles in the corner, stuffs it in the net, and like a full melee breaks out. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! You're yeah. just you're just embarrassing the other team. All right, let's let's well, moving
0: well, on well, to but, it. okay. So, but. It's not, listen, I play the puck more than anybody. Like I probably, I probably do. Honestly, I go, yeah. I run out to the corner and do it. So yeah. it's not my fault when you pull the goalie, it's not my fault when you pull the goalie and you shoot the puck at me. Like, if you don't want
1: me to do it, don't give me the puck. I agree. It, so, what what if, if it's, if it's a four to one game, are you still shooting that puck down the ice for the net? Oh absolutely. (laughs) Four to one.
0: Yeah. Four to one. Yeah. We when we were we were in Boston, we're up two to one and and they rimmed the puck and I stopped it behind the net. The only reason I didn't go for it was because I'm like, it's two it's a one goal game, there's like twenty seconds left and we've Played good. I'm not screwing this up, trying to go for the, for a goal right now. So
1: that would have been actually funny if you can do it. I I agree. I've scored an empty netter up four to one one time. Well, back when yeah. Patrick Waugh, he would pull the goalie. They'd be down <laughs> six to one, and he'd pull it with like five minutes left. And yeah, like I'm like jackpot. I'm jumping on the ice to get a, to get a <laughs> point here. But um, all right, let, let's let's keep this train rolling here. I, I, okay, you got called up. You got called down. You nominated for the Calder. You made the NHL. You're you're playing great in Carolina. Things are going great. You got a young, exciting team. You got Sebastian Aho. You got Svechnikov. You got Tuwev Teravainen. You got Dougie Hamilton. You got all the pieces, right? You're you're flying. Things are going great. This is Stanley Cup. Boom! We're going to win the Stanley Cup in the Carolina They bring greatness back to the franchise. Rod the Bods flex in the locker room. Everything's great. What happens? You go into the offseason. You're an RFA. Do you just go into the GM's office and say, open up the piggy bank, buddy boy. Alex needs to get paid. Is that what happened? And he traded you. <laughs> no, that, that's not what happened. Uh, Rod wasn't flexing?
0: Rod wasn't flexing, no. Oh, right. uh, Roddy, Roddy just finished his workout when we had our, our exit meetings, but he wasn't flexing, no. <laughs> uh, no, Roddy's a great, great guy, great coach. Um, I always thought he was very upfront with me about things. But, um, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> they have, uh, like, I didn't really talk much. I, I, I did our exit meetings with Rod. I met with with, with uh, Don Waddell uh, before, you know, before I left after the season. Um, and things seemed like, you know, like, I kind of knew where things stood at that time. I knew it wasn't going to be really smooth. I was like, they're, you know, they're going to start at one extreme. We're going to start at another, right? Like everybody would, Yeah. And you're, we're going to find a way to meet in the middle. Eventually, eventually we're going to find a way to meet in the middle. Um, so, you know, and then even I was talking to my agent on the way home, like, you know, it's, it, this is going to be slow. It's going to be a process. And I'm like, yeah, that's like, we're going to, eventually we're going to get there. Um, so I like really didn't have, I wasn't worried about it. I was just like, you know, all right, let's, you know, just enjoy the summer, get ready for uh, you know, another year and another solid run. Like you said, we had a lot, they have a lot of pieces that like, they have a really good team. Yeah. Um, And I was excited to, to be a part of like a really good cup contending team, especially in my first years in the league. Um, and then all of a sudden one day I got, I got a call and it was like, Detroit, uh, wants to trade for you. And then this is, you know, the, uh, this is the offer. This is the deal that they, they want to give you. And What do you think? And I was like, yeah, like, duh, like, yes. Like, cause at that time, the the last that I heard, we had heard from Carolina was like two years at 1.5, I think two years at one five or, or 1.8. Um, obviously not, not really a big difference, but like that was the last we had heard from him. And we were kind of, we were coming back at like two years at three and a half, something, or even like a year at three and a half, I think was we were okay to, I, I was okay to do a year. Um, but yeah, like I, that was maybe on like a Monday or Tuesday. We, I'd last heard from care. We had last heard from Carolina. And then the next thing I know is we're getting traded. And I was like, all right. And then we found out it was from Detroit and we've been living here for, I, we, I spent the summers here in Detroit for almost close to 10 years training in the off season. So it's basically home. So I was like, this thing, like, it's perfect. Like my family's two and a half hours away. My wife's family is a few hours away. It it, it, it just makes too much sense. So we were very excited, obviously when, when uh, we found out what was going to happen. So
1: that's, it, it's such a bizarre thing though. when, a team you guys were successful in Carolina you have two good goaltenders and they gas you both right and then they bring yeah. in a guy though and then Freddie Anderson signs for four or five there for two years and anti-ranta signs for two years at two million and I I'm guessing you would have taken two years at 2.2 2.3 to stay in Carolina does it ever irk you to look back it's like well then you give these guys a stinking money mm-hmm. like what what's going on they're six years, seven years older than me. Come on, Don.
0: Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. It's weird. I try not to think about it too much yeah. anymore and just, you know, cause it's done it's over with. And, yeah. and I, you know, I, I have no hard feelings like towards them. I, I I love that group of guys in the locker room and we were actually, when we played in Vegas, they, they had played the night that we got in and they stayed the night as well. So I got to actually see a handful of the guys out. Uh, and catch up with them a bit. And we're going there in like two weeks, I think we play them. So it'll be cool to go back. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't really know, honestly, like what, like what happened or what the thought process was behind it. Like I, I under, I understand, you know, I was whatever, small sample size. Like I'd only played 30 games up to that point, but I don't know. I look around the league and there's guys that are getting more th- that have gotten paid more money than I did. And they've played five ten more games than I have like there's yeah. guys that are getting paid like three times what I what I was hoping to get paid and they've played you know they've played maybe a season season and a half and I'm like so you know I was like I didn't think what I was asking for was was much but I don't know it's a, it's a business it, it's a it's a business at the end of the day and I think that's what people like don't realize sometimes is that as much as it is a game, especially us as players, it's like as much as it is a game. And I'm starting to realize it now too, after, especially this last summer, like these owners have got to make a bit like, it's a business for them. It's not really a game. It's, it's how to make money.
1: Well, you know, we'll take a break from Alex's interview right now because I have a hankering for some pizza, a Detroit style pizza, apropos talking with Alex and I'm going to go to DoorDash. I'm going to order myself up some Detroit style pizza. It's going to be delicious Sauce is on the top. It's crazy. It's thick. It's delicious. It's beautiful. And DoorDash is the only place I'm going to do that because they get it to me. They get it to me hot. They get it to me fast. So if you're listening to this right now, you need to do the same. Go to DoorDash.com, use your phone, use your iPad, use your app, use your computer. I don't care how you do it. Go to DoorDash, enter promo code GLOVESDDUS if you're in the U.S. of A. If you're in Canada, enter promo code GLOVESDD, get 25% off, get free delivery, get yourself some Detroit-style pizza. You will not be upset that you did. Now, back to the interview. I'm sure Alex has had lots of Detroit-style pizza. So you mentioned, obviously, you're you're happy to go to Detroit. It, it's a completely different setup where you're leaving a team that's earmarked for the Stanley Cup, Carolina. Like when everyone, who's our Stanley Cup favorites this year? Oh, it was the Islanders, it's Carolina, it's uh, Toronto, Edmonton, blah, blah, blah. You go to Detroit. You know, they've been hot garbage for the better part of a decade. I'll be honest. Um, no expectations at all, right? You, you know, they're just trying to get through this year. That That's the... That's the sense. All of a sudden, Stevie brings in you. He brings in a Nick Letty. He, he re-signs Mark Stahl. You know, you get these young kids. We mentioned them, Raymond, Moritz Cider. <laughs> Things are starting to come together a little bit. Can you sense from being on a team in Carolina where they're, they've already, you know, found their game, they've already established what that team is now? Do you see the same kind of progression happening in Detroit now? And it's happening a lot faster than I think other people – realized it was going to happen.
0: Yeah. I think you can definitely see the progression there and, and um, just the way, but spe- even like this year and from the start of the year to, to where we are now, and I know it's only been 20 some odd games, but like just to see guys grow as individuals, like, like yeah. Mo and, and Razor, um, but like you, you mentioned that, like expectations, like outside of the organization, like, yeah, you know, you see it all the time, the, the expectations in, Three three to four years, we're going to be a, a legit Cup Contending team. Well, that that's not the case inside the locker room and inside the building. Like we like we know the kind of guys that we have in that locker room, and I and I don't want to say like we're a top team in the league because you can you say it. I think I, I could say it, but I think we have a long way to go till we're you know, top up there with T- like Tampa Bay set the standard these last few years, you know, we have a long way to go to where Tampa Bay, but that doesn't mean that we don't expect to to be right there with them at the end of the year. Like we, we expect to be a playoff team. And I think we're, we're in the, we're in the playoff spot right now. So, you know, you know, it's like why, and for my, like, for guys, it's like, it doesn't make any sense for you to to come in and just be like, Oh, we're not going to like, nobody thinks we're going to be a playoff team. So what? I, it doesn't matter. It's like, in three to four years, half the guys in that locker room might not even be here. So it doesn't benefit them anything right now to, to quote, like waste a year of their career to not try to win, you know, like anything can happen. Um, so you might as well try if you don't, you know, like the worst, I, I think the worst thing that you can do is go through something half, like give half effort, don't work for it or like don't prepare or don't give everything you got and then look back on it. And then you're like, I wish I would have at least like done more and been more into it and enjoyed it more because you can't, you can't really enjoy it if you're not working for it. Like it doesn't, I don't, it doesn't add up to me. It doesn't make any sense. If if we make the playoffs, it's going to be great. But if we, if we miss, you know, it's going to suck. But like we tried and we made it interesting and, who knows? Maybe we, we keep somebody else from making the playoffs. You know, you never know. Like the Bruins,
1: Tim's favorite team. That'd be unbelievable. Exactly. Now, I've been on, I've been on teams where they set the car low and I agree where it's like, okay, we're, you know, this is a, a, a regrouping year. We're going to, you know, we're, we're going for a Hydra, And it's just like, why? Then the expectations are so low. The players don't even want to try because exactly. we're expected to lose every game. It's like, well, exactly. what's the point. So right. I totally understand an, that.
0: Yeah. yeah. If you're an older guy, what's the benefit for you? If you're – if you have two more years, like, what's the benefit for you to be – to come in last place and get this first overall pick? Like, this kid's not playing – you're not going to play with this kid. You're never going to meet this guy.
1: I remember – I had a. I was a free agent one year and Edmonton called me and they had just drafted Taylor Hall and they were all set. They're going to have the first overall pick again, I think. And they they said, we'll sign you for a two-year deal, John. We're very excited. Our team's going to be good. Like in three years, we're going to be really competitive. And I'm like, well, why are you offer me a two-year deal? I don't understand yeah. how this works. And I, I turned him down. Probably a mistake, yeah. but I went to Chicago. worked out okay. But it's just funny how, yeah. No, I agree. Win, win now. Yeah. Go for it. Set the bar high. So yeah. you get traded. What- from, yeah, go ahead. So I was like, so that's what Roddy did when he took
0: over as coach in Carolina. Like that was the first thing he said in like our meeting uh, at training camp it was like the bars, the bars, not even in the picture, the bar was set for that organization, you know, way low. Mm-hmm. Like you you don't even have to lift your foot to, to, to step over it. He's like, we need to put that bar up here. And like, that's gotta be our, expectation that's going to be our standard and our goal as an organization as a team as a group to play and to perform and to to act a certain way and it it changed immediately the culture in that locker room switched like that and obviously like he's he's great i think he's a hall of famer like he's a great leader obviously he was a great captain he's doing it now as a head coach like it, it, it changes like that. And that you have to look at it. If you don't look at it like that, like you have like your expectations are up here,
1: then you're never going to,
0: you're never going to get there. You're not even going to come close to this point.
1: So well, who sets the bar in Detroit then? Is it Blashill? Is it Stevie? Why is it Larkin? Is it you who's in the locker room going? Not good enough boys. Like we're better than this. Well, I like, I,
0: I think it's from top to bottom. When Stevie came, I think he had a, he's got a plan for it. He's got a vision for everything. Right. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he said the same thing. He's like, he comes in at, at, it was the same thing. He's like, um, in training camp, you know, I expect to go out there. I expect us to compete and and to do well and, and to win games. And it was the same thing. Like for like Blash talking to us and we're like, we have, we take every, you know, like we, we play the season in like little five game segments, right. To try to break it down a little bit. So we're not looking too far ahead. And, and he's like, if we, you know, as long as we, we win, this many games or we have this many points in a segment, you know, we're technically a playoff team based by like whatever the analytics say. Um, So, you know, like looking at at ways like that and he's like, we want to be a playoff team and, and Larks uh, definitely from Larks and Gags and Stalzy, like guys that have been in the league a long time and that have had success, like, but they want to bring it here. You know, they've been through the downs these last few years with, with this team and they want to get back to, to winning and then for me personally, like, you know, nobody wants to lose. Like nobody wants to be on a last place team or in the, in a, on a basement basement team. Like you want to win, you want, it's way more fun winning games. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you win games. Like as long as you win the game, the the vibe in the locker room is way better. And the, yeah. the feeling the feeling around everybody is way better.
1: So you, you're splitting time with Thomas Grice right now, pretty much 50, 50. How do you go about that? Does, does the coach bring the calendar out to you? Okay boys, here's December. We're going to go bing 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 and Thomas you get ding dong ding dong.
0: No, I don't, I it's it's different. Like I I I assume every coach, every goalie coach has their way of like going through it and um obviously at the start of the year Greiser and I were we going back and forth every game and it made sense like coming in um you know, get us both games under our belt, like get us into the season, get into a, a little bit of a rhythm there. And and we played a lot of games too. I think we had played 20 games in like 38 days, yeah. like something, something absurd. Um, So we were playing a lot. So there really wasn't an opportunity to kind of play three, four in a row without playing maybe a back to back and then three, four games and four or five nights. So it just didn't make sense at the time. Um, Obviously getting an opportunity now these last, this last week to play, three, four games. And I think it was four games in a row. It's like, just, it was, it was nice for me to, to get into a rhythm and, and just having conversations and communication with the coaching staff and just saying like, Hey, you know, you're doing good. Like just keep doing what you're doing. Right. Like there's no reason to change anything you're having success. So the easiest thing to do when you have success is to stop doing what's made you successful. Right.
1: Let me like, write that you, one down too. Hold on. <laughs> No, it's totally true.
0: It is is though, right? Like you get, you get, sometimes you can get a little complacent. You can get a little comfortable and, and uh, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not going to foam roll today or I'm not going to ride the bike for five minutes for my warm up Like, I'm just gonna, I'm going to do a quick little mini band series and then hop on the ice or like, I'm not, I'm going to show up to the, I'm going to sleep in an extra half hour today instead of coming into the rink and doing my, my, my routine. So it's like, that's the easiest thing to do is just get complacent and comfortable and, you know, as a professional, you, you can't, like, you can't do it. And it's for me, it's like, I've worked so hard to get to this point now in my career. I don't want to waste it. Like just by being, just by getting comfortable, like not that I can't be comfortable and still do the things that made me successful. Like I can still be comfortable, but not
1: arrogant, complacent and just Lazy. at the expense of your performance yeah yeah makes sense exactly makes sense well,
2: one of the one of the biggest stories in detroit so far this year has obviously been the, the two rookies the are the two front run runners for the for the calder uh we mentioned most i we had him on the show it seems like raymond's getting on the scoreboard almost every single night um yeah. for people who don't get to watch them you know every single night like you do like how how talented are these kids and how fun is it
0: to watch them do what they do every night it, it's awesome. It, it, it's such a treat. Really. And, it's terrible. Awesome. It sucks.
1: <laughs>
0: well, well, last night it was like, it was so cool. Like we, we obviously we wanted to shoot out, but, but in overtime, just the buzz and the excitement in that building, like especially the one time like Mo picked up the puck in overtime at like our, our top of the circles or blue line. And, and he like started skating up with the head of speed, like leading the rush. And you could just feel like every, like it more so than when anybody else did it, like, there was like this buzz this like oh my god Moe's got the puck. Moe's going to do something special here like it, it it was so cool and and those guys like they, they get it like they they come into the rink and, and they work and they love being there like razors out every morning you know like every day not taking an option he's on the ice working at it like having fun enjoying it Mo's, I was talking to somebody like Mo gets like, he's getting pissed when they, like they had a short shift or like, he's like, he's already like, you can see it in games. Like he's, he's into it. He's pumped up. Like he acts like he's been in the league for four four or five years. Like this guy just, he's a competitor. He wants to win and like do whatever he can to win. And I think those two guys are going to be a big part of this, this organization
1: moving forward. And for a long time. Very true. So we'll, we'll get away from the, the Red Wings just a little bit. The Olympics are around the corner. It's, it's going to be very exciting. Do you have, you know, USA's got a deep goaltending bench. They got Hellebuck, Johnny Gibson, Thatcher Demko. Why is no one saying your name? Where's Alex Neldukovich Ned- Ned- in the, in the uh, picture? It's
0: probably because I'm only six feet tall.
1: Is that why you're not tall enough, do you think? They got a height limit? I don't know. You, yeah, I, I, I
0: think they're there. Oh, I, I don't think, I know that there is some height by what's the word? Like uh, there's like some discrimination towards like based on your height. Yeah. Really. Like I don't, discrimination is not the right word.
1: But, no, people see the ideal goalie as a certain height. It went like that for years. There's like yeah, like, yeah, like
0: between six, two and six, four is like the yeah. ideal height to be a goalie. Anything higher or yeah. less. Yeah. Bias. So it's like, I don't, you know, biasy, Yeah. Bias. Um, I don't know. Like obviously like hella bucks of as winner. Gibson's been had an incredible career in, uh, in an Anaheim team that really hasn't been that great since his first few years in the yep. league, uh, but he's yet, he's still been one of the better goalies in the league on a bad team. It says a lot. Um, and then obviously Thatch that's had a great co- college career. Good, uh, He's, he's played with USA hockey for a number of years um, wherever it was at worlds or with the uh, NTDP so like there's history there and there's history with those three guys and I mean I'm just trying to do my thing just just kind of get my name out there
1: and now you want a gold medal 18 and under us yeah. you want a bronze world juniors don't sell yourself short. Yeah, no, 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 I'm I'm not. I just,
0: you know, like it's, it it's that, that's something that's like out of my control. Like, yeah. Is if I make, like, if I make that team, obviously if I don't play well, like that, that like per, for me performing, like that's what I can control. Right. Do if I play well and if I'm doing well and they, they choose not to, they choose to go a different direction. I'll say that. That's on them. And I
1: that mean, is on them. Be a mistake. They, You
0: know, like it'd be, it'd be a huge honor and and, an incredible opportunity to represent my country. Um, It's something that I'd love to do. And I hope that I can get an opportunity to do at some point. I love going to world juniors and the under 18s. And it was awesome. Awesome. Wearing the the red, white, and blue and the sweater. um, You know, like not everybody gets to do it, you know, and it's on a world stage at that point. It's not just a national stage. It's a world stage. So it'd be something cool to do.
1: What is in your control is... In two weeks, when you go to Carolina, there'll be a chance to go to the board and grab the marker, <laughs> put a little put a little number up there. What can we expect? There's, Alex, no, there's no
0: board. There's no board in that locker room. That visitors' locker room.
1: I know that locker room really well. You're gonna write something somewhere. It's gonna be. Is it? What's it? What can our listeners expect, Alex Nedelkovich, to throw on the board? When he goes to Carolina, the team that didn't want him, the team that wouldn't pay him, and now he's got a lot of zeros in his bank account. What, what uh, do we expect? What are the boys? What are the boys gonna be jacked up when you when you write that number? What are we gonna look at here, Alex? Come on.
0: Well, there'll be a few pizzas up on the board, that's for sure. Pizzas? Yeah, a few pizzas for the post game, that's for sure. Oh, there better be uh, a couple zeros in a team dinner, hopefully. a social. Oh, yeah. I don't know about team dinner. You gotta slow down there.
1: maybe maybe a few zeros up there i don't know we'll see i like that that's good well our guests here we usually do a rapid fire to wrap it up i know um tim enjoys it the listeners enjoy it i enjoy it kind of less hockey related questions so tim why don't you lead alex down the rapid fire road here
2: all right uh just quick answers favorite movie lord of the rings oh good answer love that uh pizza or tacos pizza favorite sport besides hockey uh
0: watching football playing soccer nice favorite vacation spot uh, i'll say arizona scottsdale who's the
2: the hardest player to stop from scoring who's the toughest opponent
0: uh i i guess i'd have to say mcdavid has he scored on you yeah yeah <laughs> that's a bad too, many, too many times uh, nice time. <laughs> uh,
2: are, you, are you binging any shows right now uh, no you mentioned gaming what games do you like to play
0: I haven't played in a while but I played uh, Fortnite for a bit Call of Duty uh, Apex um, Rainbow Six all the big ones
1: yeah all
2: right last question what's the best advice you ever got
1: Wow, uh,
0: that I there's so much I th- there's so many great things that people have told me. The, the best thing, that I've said it already. It's like control what you can control. I mean, that's it. It that, that's it. Like you can't do anything. Else. Control what you can
1: control, and you know, the rest it. will take care of itself. Yep. I think oh, yeah. that's perfect advice, especially these days when there's so much out there. The world's so big, but it's not really big. Focus on your house. Keep your house in order and everything will work out. Exactly. That's what I tell my kids every day, Alex, Do you know, I have six kids. Did you know that? I did not know. No, you know, kids. see, you know, a little bit about me. I have six kids and I don't have a TV. Just, well,
0: I'm going to so. go. I'm going to go tell my wife, six kids. You know, I want, I want a big family. She's you want one not so much. I want a big family. Her check not so
1: in much. with me. Uh, check in with me next year. We might have more. Right. We'll see. We'll see. Right. When you come up to Traverse spring, bring your wife, wife up to Traverse city. We'll show her what she's yeah. has on. Exactly. But anyways, I'll let you go, man. I know you got a day off. You probably got to go play with the dog and hang out with the wife. We really appreciate you joining the show. Um, thank you. Good luck this year, man. This has been great. Yeah. yeah, no, thank you guys for having me. It's been fun. All right. Thank you. Alex Nadelkovich, everybody. Um, catch you on the Detroit Red Wings. But uh, TV near you. Anyways, hope everybody has a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.